Let's wake and bake with the boys Pull out some weed and get high Dude smoking on the bong while Scotty's talking Way too long, got time to smoke one more Taking the message to the people now Keep smoking and growing and watching prohibition fall down Wake and Bake America. Actually, actually, not really, man. This is like, you know how it's like, there's Guru, there's like coffee talk. This is like, this is like a little grow, grow talk with dude and Guru, you know? We're going to hang out a little bit, guys. Scotty's on some family business. And it's, but New uh, York. It's, not, it's not bad family business. I think they finally just decided they're going to do a cannabis intervention on him, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, he's out on a little family business. Be back shortly, guys. We figured, hey, we got to get you something out here. So we're going to cover a little grow talk today. Um, talk about actually right away, man. Let's go into the, the the throwdown, dude. The throwdown in Portland, man. Are you getting pumped up or what? Oh, dude, I'm psyched. <laughs> we got um, okay. This will be October seventh, Saturday, guys, and we are going to be in Portland at the Northwest Cannabis Club or NW Cannabis Club uh, doors. If I can say that, I don't know. The place is open to the public upstairs. I think we got a venue we're running downstairs. We got the downstairs from seven to eleven. I'm just going to call it the downstairs dank den where the throwdown goes down. We gotta, we got to get like a rap song about this or something, man. we got to get like a rap parody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but 7 o'clock to 11 o'clock and uh, the, the uh, more info coming as far as Scotty's, Scotty's envisioning how we should do the throwdown. And who, you know, I can, all I can tell you for sure is have your dank ready, right? Oh, have, yeah, I mean, have, have a good amount of your dank ready. It's going to be some sort of uh, mini smaller competition here, and uh, we'll, we'll post the rules as they come, if I can call them rules. And then where do we go here? Dudegrows.com forward slash throwdown. There's a little form over there, pre-registration form, just giving us a grasp of who's coming, and so we can get this fully organized to get danked out and thrown out. Who came up with throwdown? Was that you, Scotty? I think it was Scotty. All right, all right. I like it. It sounds a little a little aggressive, but maybe it's going to be with the, the way the, the cannabis quality is going these days. It's the the north or yeah the Pacific Northwest dude grows nug throwdown. <coughs> Have you ever been out there? No, dude. I've never been out Portland, out to Portland, Oregon, or Washington, <coughs> anywhere. Word. I've been up to, uh, never to Portland, so I'm pretty stoked, man. I know there's a lot to do. Anybody want to recommend some local mountain biking? I'm going to try and get my hands on that maybe for half a day. I was going to say Portland's that. like legendary mountain biking, right? All kinds of biking, man. And Portlandia, the show Portlandia. I don't know if the, the, the natives to Portland enjoy what Portlandia did <laughs> or if you're even familiar with that show, Guru, but it's Oh, fun. is that? No, I'm not. I mean, I've heard Spread the name out. before, but I'm not familiar with the show. No worries. That's the quick culture segment of the Dude Grow Show today. Portlandia, Fred Honestine or something, I believe, from SNL came over with a couple other SNL and did an awesome show. All right. That being said, you guys can check it out, nwcannabismarket.com if you want to see the venue. More importantly, dudegrows.com forward slash throwdown. Word. More coming. More venues coming, man. We're going to try and do a little tour. <laughs> Shout out to Kawhi. Scotty's like, yeah, way to go, dude. You suggest the most expensive destination out of all of them possible. And that's just because we got some Kawhi cats out there. Hey, I, I'm, a, <coughs> I'm, in, I'm in your corner on the whole Kawhi trip. I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man, guys, we got about, uh, we're just going to throw out four Grow Talk questions today that we covered and thought were pretty good and uh, get into it a little bit here. Breaking the format. Like I said, this is an official 
Wake and Bake America. It's it's Grow Talk with Dude and Guru. <laughs> All right, let's see here. We got pot. Oh, yeah. This one's kind of you got to get your your thinking hat on a little bit here. Um, this is pot size questions by Super Lemonade four twenty four twenty. So he goes basically Super Lemonade is uh, upgrading a ten size, keeping another ten size, getting another light, I believe. And then also trying to figure out how much he can fit in there in what size container. So he goes, hey, what's up, dude? Scotty Guru and the crew. Now that my last grow is curing away, my tent is all cleaned up. and I'm getting ready for a new grow. He goes, to date, he's only grown in a 4x4 tent with a 600-watt metal halide or HPS. That's your uh, very just conventional HID lighting, typically HPS for flower, metal halide for uh, veg. And he goes, he usually does four or five plants in what he thinks were about five-gallon pots. But I'm in Canada, so they could be some crazy liter measurements. Because <laughs> they're 12 inch in diameter by 11th in height, so you guys can figure it out. Also, I grow in Canna Coco. I feel like we need the little chitting button on here. Uh, so, he's got a second grow tent on the way. So, he's going to have his 4x4, four four, and basically, it's a 1 meter by 1 meter. Like We're just going to call it a 3x3 three three for yeah. us patriots down here. So, basically, so now he's going to have a 4x4 four four and a 3x3. Three three. He's picking up a dual 315 light. From Sun Spectrus. That means it's it's got two bulbs in one hood, right? Yeah, the, and they'll use the two bulbs where one's the little bit cooler light and then the other's a warmer light. So you mm. get a nice blended spectrum from them. Ultimate spectrum. All right. Do you think that's good? I mean, he's going to he's gonna try and put that dual 315 in the 4x4. Four four. So I'd, 630 I'd, I'd rather have that in there than the 600, personally. For sure. You're just, I mean, and I'm not, I'm, if you listen back to all the shows, I'm not like Scotty is a, a full real estate maximizer all the time, sometimes like a little room, but tents, I always I forget, depending on your access panels, you can usually unzip two sides and totally reach in and get into your old canopy and whatever. It's not like you're trying to get in your tent and have an aisle or yeah. whatever. Yeah, so definitely. I'll take that because we give what one three fifteen, a three by three, two three fifteens, your max and a four by four wall to wall. Yeah. Um, so he goes, and then he's going to do, let's see here, he's going to move, uh, can I get a, uh, the 600 watt, I believe, over to the 3x3. Three three. And he says he can get fabric pots in three different sizes, 5 gals, 7 gals, or 10 gals. And it, they're all the same cost. So he's trying to figure out maximum, like what he can fit in there. So he goes, let's see here. Um, he can fit six 10 gallons in his 3x3 three three tent yep. and nine in his 4x4. Four four. And he's running a Scrog-style grow in the three by three and then he's going to experiment with mainlining in the four by four to me mainlining that's just trying to get more solid tops right i believe that's what uh moby dill says he does kind of or well i I guess the like the traditional mainline is where a plant from seed because it's really hard to get the your nodes to be symmetrical on a uh clone but from seed you top it like the third node take each one of those low stress chain them out and then you make pretty much a manifold to where oh, yeah. every, this is every where top is going to end up having the same distance to the root zone. So hormonally, it'll be a really balanced plant and just naturally kind of grow with an even canopy. There are some crazy pictures of just intricate mainlining, like where it's just like looks like, a, I don't know, the menorah candles or something just coming. Everything's perfect. I don't even know if that's the right uh, terminology. Anything over eight or... tops looks like a piece of art, legitimately. Yeah, it's 
and when they're all even like that with the amount of stem and stuff. But hey, I'm down. What I'm thinking, he goes, what he wants to know, do you think, and he says maybe three foot tall plants, that this will get overcrowded? Like his 10 gal containers, fabric containers too big in a three by three or four by four. I mean, what do you mm-hmm. think? Is it, or is it all just relevant to how you're growing, right? Is it relevant to how you're growing and then the height of the tent? Does he say anywhere? Uh, I'm going to assume there's let's six Let's just say it's tents? typical tent. I mean, let's say it's uh, even if it's seven foot. I mean, I'm trying to remember if there's a standard. Um, I think it's over six foot typically. I remember most tents I've been in, I'm six foot one. There's a, it's about seven foot. Let's say it's seven foot tent. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, hmm. That's six plants in 10-gallon containers in a three-by-three three tent. I'm all for more soil, man. Well, yeah, like more, he was more roots, more fruits, always. And he says he's vegging typically for around two months, maybe even 10 weeks. So he vegs maybe even for two and a half months. Um, even if he shorted his veg time and it was only two months and then he's going to flower, don't you think that that's going to be – it's not like he's going to have too much soil in there. No. Like, I, oh, I mean, he, he'll definitely – Fill the pots with roots. It's that's not going to be an issue. That's just one thing he was worried about is if he was in ten gals, is that overkill? Like, will he have too much? Like, will he not get filled out enough? And I said, man, I mean, I'd rather have more volume and soil for sure. So you're not chasing after water too much. Definitely. The roots got room to spread out. More roots, more fruits. But you're going to have to be on top of that main lining and like you know you were hinting at with the tent height, controlling basically knowing when to go to flower, know how much stretch you got, etc. Yeah, because um, last thing you want is to just end up with a the plant stretching up into the light. Yeah, and he says to date he's only done seeds, and uh, always around. Okay, and then he goes, he's I've not been able to surpass a pound on my six hundred. I would like to be able to still pull a pound, but in my smaller three by three tent with a six hundred, is this achievable? I think it's totally achievable, man. Like when we did. Um, you know, the captain, great grower. Uh, if you guys haven't visited that, I always say this on dudegrows.com under growing and then go to growers, go to the captain's articles. He has an article actually called how to grow. I forgot. I think it's at least over a pound or a pound and a half with the 600 watt Hortolux HPS. And, um, I did it myself with the lemon G. I think I came out at 21 ounces or something. Fuck yeah. So, obviously variables here right genetics um etc but you totally can i mean the only reason you wouldn't be there's a lot of parameters the environment's clutch but i mean you should be able to pull off over a pound he's gonna have six plants he said he could fit in that three by three in the 10 gals so keep it really trimmed up though right that's when he says worried about getting overcrowded um you're gonna have to be yeah like, that on that's, top of your trip that's gonna be what would make me want to not have as many plants as there it's just how crowded it could potentially get this is true because well i mean depending on how trimmed up you go if he's gonna go for more of the main stocks when i did it i was under a 600 watt and my room is a little different it's about three feet wide but about six six a six and a half seven foot long kind of like a walk-in closet yeah um not even that big, but reg- I had two plants, and those were both in, uh, I think, seven gals. So, and it, yeah, it just depends on, on a lot of factors there. But you can do it if you ch- keep them trimmed up well and not have too many tops scrogged out, etc. So let's see. Oh, keeping that in mind, he says under 600 watt, I'm changing my bulb on HID lighting every six months. That's how to have prime time you know, action as far as your lighting goes. Some people forget about that shit. And, it's well, yeah, like and it, on the, if you don't change it, it's not just a loss in how much light you're getting. It's a loss in spectrum too. And that's the main part that you're losing. Good point. 
Yeah, lumens are for humans, bro. <laughs> Plant C par. All right. <clears throat> Let's see here. If I think I got. Uh, oh, got a couple questions on the end. He goes, "Oh, by the way, does Guru have a YouTube or Instagram account, man? He's wanting you to get your own Instagram action going. I got one. Grow, grow Guru DGC on Instagram. Check it out. Sweet. Do you know does Scotty have his own? And I think it's Scotty Real DGC. Pretty sure for Scott. He just goes over to Gurus and take pictures and shit though, so it doesn't really doesn't really work out. <laughs> I put up um, I put up a dude, nice picture today of uh went to Way to Grow, shout out to them, and uh walked in, was pretty much went to Cody, was like, All right, I'm in a super slow right now, it's running out of steam. I need I mean between either Biobiz or Biocana. And he's like, All right, so you're in super soil? Go with Biocana. And coming from him... And he runs Biobiz, right? See, he runs Biobiz. So coming from him, his recommendation saying to do that with the super soil, I'm going to go with it because I feel like he knows... How enriched is your super soil? Is it like full uh, on or just... Pretty much it's a coot mix soil. I followed followed the recipe almost to a T. Word. So I appreciate the uh, lemonade, super lemonade 420. Keep us in the in the loop. I, I just let in, in in summary. Just be on. If there's a lot of light for a four by four with your six thirty, six of those plants and ten gals, and your three by three with a six hundred watt HPS, you're getting ready to grow a jungle that can go out of control. But if you know what you're doing, you can keep plants really thinned up well. I think you can pull it off. Definitely. So, all right. What do you think, Scatty? Oh yeah, slacking. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding, not slacking. Let's move on. Let's move on here. We got a question on Costa Mesa Steve's feed chart. All right. If you guys aren't familiar, Costa Mesa Steve uh, definitely has been up on the show, a grower out in Cali, and likes to grow the dank economically and loves and and has been on the show. Just go to dudegrows.com in the search bar. Search Costa Mesa, and you'll find all kinds of articles. So this is from Tony Scorpio. What's up, man? Uh, goes, hey guys, hope all is well. I'm still lurking around here in the shadows, loving all the great content on the shows. Lurking, huh? Uh, my question today is, lurking's kind of a negative thing, isn't it? Isn't that kind of like a creeper? Or, or you're, you're just hanging out and you're not really contributing anything, but you're just hanging out. But it's it's not necessarily negative. Not necessarily. Unless like you're lurking like in the girls' locker room or something. Lurking and then like trolling. <laughs> trolling is what you shouldn't be doing. Because my question today is, how do I go about mixing my Grow More Powder Newts to come up with Costa Mesa Steve's feed chart, which is in milliliters per gal? I recently used some nugs, right on, man, to get samples. Uh, guys, he's using his nugs to buy nutrients over at DudeGrows.com under the DGC shop. Um, he goes, he got samples of each Grow More Powder from Steve recommended chart. The packaging has no written info on it to go by. So how do I start mixing and try out Steve's formula? So his formula is on our site. I guess he just needs the translation, and he's thinking mils per gallon is usually liquid me- measurements, and he has the powders. Oh yeah, the, what, uh, he gives everything in milliliters on the the schedule he has laid out. But pretty much to convert that, one milliliter is equal, or five milliliters is equal to one teaspoon. So if you have one, so if, okay, this is easy as heck. Then so like, let's say for my. New mill line. Some of the stuff is five mils per gallon. If right. that was a powder, I'm just doing a teaspoon. Yeah, a, te- a teaspoon per gallon is equal to five milliliters. So, yeah. But so, I thought milliliters was only used to measure liquid, but they can still cross it over to measure. It's, it's used same. for measuring volume. Um, okay. 
And, but I then, it like, like the, the density the of the powder or something. The weights of the different uh, Gromor powders, uh, they're going to have a different ppm per milliliter. And Jay Meister actually goes over this pretty well. Where like the twenty twenty twenty, it comes out to a hundred ppm per milliliter. The five ten forty the same way. The six thirty thirty comes out to two hundred ppm per milliliter, and the zero fifty thirty is two hundred. Uh, Where's this info at? It's in the comments underneath the, underneath of here. Oh, word. Thank you, thank you, Maestro. Um, cool, and that is an awesome. I mean, the grow more powders as far as being an economical way to grow, and if that's your grow style, hook it up, man. You can cook them over, like I said, over the DGC shop, and they uh, have plenty of info on the site. Oh yeah, so, the, I mean, and the those powders as for as simple as it is, it grows some dank weed. I mean, that's you say as simple as it is. So are you just gonna use? Like there's three different powders I see here in the post: a six thirty thirty, a twenty twenty twenty, and a five ten forty. Right, and I now, think I think there's a zero fifty thirty hula bloom too. I want there say. is. I love the name of that. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, word, you just get away with them. You're saying with using these three powders. Yeah, I think actually in the Costa Mesa Steve thing, he has a advanced uh, nutrient schedule that uses all four of them. And then it's either a two-parter or a three-part that he has uh, as just a super basic one. Okay. Word. Check it out, guys. We have another... Let's see. What do we got here? Another couple questions rocking. Before we do, I will say, unplanned, the show is brought to you by New Millennium Nutrients because they are sending uh, a grip of frost to the event. We're going to have some frost leaders to give away to growers Kicking out there in Portland for the throwdown. And also Optic Foyer. Dinesh himself is trying to make it. And he also is going to be sending down a bunch of samples and things to get out to the crew of growers. And that list should be increasing um, just to hook, hook you guys up. So, <laughs> Word. <laughs> nice. All right. Let's see here. Pheno hunting. All right. Let's see if we can tackle this one. I haven't really fully pheno hunted. One good episode, though, would be if you were to find, I don't know the episode number off the top of my head, but when we had uh, Mr. Soul from Grim Brothers, um, we had some good conversations. I'm sure if you search Mr. Soul or Grim Brothers Dude Grows over on our site, um, he hung out and we talked a little about Fino stuff and he has some really good opinions on it. So let's see, you guys. What do you look for when Fino hunting by Sir Coughs a Lot? Because, hey there, DGC. The DGC is in the early stages of a fantastic Fino hunt for nomad grown i was wondering how to approach the selection process if a bean fails to pop that's easy to eliminate runts easy so by when he says runts easy he's saying you know if i popped six seeds and this one obviously is just slacking you know or not using as much water you got to put on i've had it where a runt i had to put on a different feed schedule because it was still wet i couldn't water it um and he goes but what about later on in veg transition and flower and especially when they all generally look the same. Do you take them all to flower, then pick the ones that give the best quality and highest yields? It says, give us a how-to on pheno hunting. All right, let's see here. Right there. Um, well, I guess it really uh, kind of matters if you're doing like a full pheno hunt where you're going to be popping like at least 100 seeds or even more than that. Or if you... Oh, is there a minimum? Is there like a minimum seed count for... You can't pheno hunt in a 12-pack? Well, no, I mean, you can pheno hunt a 12-pack, but... 
you're really limited in the selection that you can, you're going to be able to get I believe from that 12-pack. But that was one of the points Mr. Soul, I think, was making. He was like, come on. Like, that's not that's not Fino. I mean, he's more on your end. Like, hundreds, hundreds of seeds, I believe. Yeah. <coughs> but Because, um, I mean, me, it, it, depending on how in-depth you're going with your Fino hunt, you could be looking for something. If it's a plant you know pretty well, you're going to be looking for something really specific in the Finos that you're looking for, be it... Uh, like yield or just chirping profile or how resinous the plant is, pretty much everything. Well, it depends on what you're looking for, right? I mean, pheno hunting is something that like I've never I've never truly done, just because like we just said, the the sheer amounts of numbers. Somebody in the comments, I said, hey, if it's a runt, get rid of it. And somebody in the comments was like, I don't get rid of anything. I mean, you, you never know that it, that runt could end up being in the last two week of flowers. It's a star. So, or yeah, or it's a good trait that it doesn't grow stretched too far, but still put on good weight in, yeah. in awesome flowers. Um, but a lot of times, unfortunately, depending on if you're following the law or not, that does definitely restrict pheno hunting activities. Um, but you know, go for what you can. And uh, I just haven't had to do this yet. <laughs> I get excited. Like I get excited with I got uh, some some stuff from. Uh, oh man. Ripster, as well as some other seed, and it's just been one of those things where it, it's hard to get that many popped, and then you got to put the whole you got you basically got to put your garden on that project. It's exciting though; it's something in my to do, just like auto flowers. I haven't done yet. You haven't done auto flowers either, have you? No. Or, okay, the one of the first plants I ever grew was an auto flower. Actually, real? I mean, <laughs> on accident? Did you know it was? Uh, yeah. No, I I ordered the seeds. Did you say on accident, though? No. I mean, I, I okay. ordered seeds, and I got it as, like, a freebie. And, like, was still trying to veg the other stuff, so I was just like, fuck it. I'll go ahead and throw these in the ground. Right on. This is, like, 18-year-old right <laughs> guru. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do agree with the uh, the tip here that, you know, one thing, try not to, if you are truly pheno hunting, unless the plant's totally a piece of crap, take the stuff all to flower, label everything really well, keep some mom's. And, and just keep on everything with a lot of organization and and uh, take notes. Yeah, you want to take really good notes for each plant through the whole life of the plant and keep a, keep a pretty good grow journal. You did mention one thing though, like knowing it beforehand, like going, like if I were to pheno hunt something, it would have been like, like I, I feel like I know Island sweet skunk pretty good. I talked about it a lot in the beginning of right, the show. So, so you would know uh, the traits you're, you're going to actually look for in the finished plant that you're trying to have. Yes, I mean maybe I should go pheno hunting for some lemon G because it has like it, it, I just smoked some <laughs> hey, before the show. We're hoping for good things from the. Oh, I always forget what they want to name it. The lemon brandy wine. Lemon B. The the lemon B. I like it. The flavor on the lemon G is just so fabulous. The bag the hop, appeal the high is pretty fabulous too. The bag appeal next to nothing. Almost ne- almost negative. <laughs> but I, I don't really care about that. But it it. it it's important you know you know if you see something i don't know you know you're gonna vote on something a little higher like at the throwdown if it looks like diamonds aren't you a little bit i mean, I mean just sheer, it just could be all show no go you got to really try it before you can give it a, a real judging that makes me want to bring some harlequin because my harlequin looks like fire and it, it's not a go like it's not <laughs> like a whoa man i should bring the harlequin and rename it something else and just start putting wrenches i'm just kidding <laughs> All right, let's move on, man. Let's move on here. Appreciate that, sir. Coughs a lot. I believe we got what one more go talk question here for about infrared light. 
So infrared light. First, what is infrared light? Break it down real quick. It's uh, that's like this. It's a uh, the band of light because basically the visible light that we can actually physically see is 400 to 700 nanometers. Infrared light is anything over 700 nanometers. Isn't is it visual to our eye? It's uh, right. the it's like the very lowest range of it, like seven hundred nanometers to seven ten, whatever. Maybe you can see a little bit, but no, not it's not really visible light to our eyes. But to plants, they Isn't see that it like infrared lights, like what James Bond. You got to put like talcum powder and shit out and get like duck through the lasers. Those are lasers. <laughs> I thought the infrared light was maybe used for like motion sensors or something like that. Well, yeah, I think that's what uh Fleetline Dave is asking about here. And All right, let's see. Break it down. Yeah, let's get to it. Hello, fellows and crew. I curiously, curiously, I got a curiosity question I've never heard addressed before. I've heard you talk about how plants see light differently than we, right? So I'm wondering about the infrared lights in my night vision security camera in the grow. It is hitting my plants with enough infrared light. Is it, he says, hitting my plants with enough infrared light to possibly have them say, what the fuck, and possibly herm? Maybe the LED guru can chime in on this as well because I'm very curious if I'm messing with my girls with my gadgets. Thanks, guys. And so, yeah, what well, he's got a picture here of what you know you can see on your camera, and that's a very that's a very cool question. Um, it must have been pretty. I hope you're you're high out there looking at it. Like, okay, what do you think though? <laughs> okay, so with plants, it senses day day and light with a thing called phytochrome, and it either switches between PF or PFR depending on if it's day or nighttime. Um, mm-hmm. 630 nanometer light, which is red visible light is what wakes plants up in the morning when the sun comes up and 730 nanometer infrared light is what puts them to sleep at night and makes them realize that it's, it's nighttime for them. So, so we're, just, we're just giving them like NyQuil. In effect, this is like ambient for the plant <laughs> to pretty much make sure even if there's a light leak, this infrared is going to switch the phytochrome over to its nighttime so it's not going to affect the planet at all. So if anything, this is like an extra level of protection versus uh, like a light leak or anything like that. Like if a street light came on close to it or something or whatever, exactly. this is like protection. Interesting. I would have never thought of that. And plus, it's probably only... But what if, if it doesn't work? I mean, I guess in most infrared light sensors have a sensor to turn have them come on at night and see. And, it's and, not I, like and it's, I'm pretty sure that light should only come on if there's motion, if it's in a security camera. It shouldn't it just be on all the time. True. True. That is a good point. Um, which we can end it with that, guys. Uh, not fully end it, but one more point just off the tip of my tongue here is it is getting close to security time outdoors. You know, I got my outdoor plant. She is definitely starting to smell beautiful. Oh, the, um, the greenhouse is getting stinky. Yeah, you got to keep in mind. I mean, God, I don't want to put any jinxes, man. Maybe I got to put you on security, dude detail guru but uh, yes scotty's greenhouse has been visited visited once which means you have to be extra vigilant for the rest of the season Definitely. um i've never been ripped luckily we've had people in the crew dr j uh, ripped and i'm gonna go get my first real easy thing i do is uh i get some sensors harbor freight guys cheap sensors motion sensors um i'm out a chime like up outside my window where if the people outside can hear it, like I want a motion sensor that sets something off audible that I hear and they hear, you know what I mean? Not like just something in my bedroom. Oh yeah. If if they're spotted on my security stuff, I want them to know they've been spotted. So I do light and an audible sensor. um, And then that way we can, and then I actually have like a, 
you know, fist pump deal with my, my 12 year old. He's got a bedroom out the front of the house. I'm like, dude, if that goes off and I say, light them up, I light up the backyard. You light up the front yard. We both got spotlights, <laughs> you know, help him teach the little protection. I'm not going to send him out there. You know, he's not coming out with me or any of that. He's just my backup light protection, you know? So, but keep that in mind for real guys. It is getting closer to harvest time in Colorado. Um, and I hope we do have a good harvest and go till man, mid October with no Super harsh weather is usually good enough for people to finish. Even the end of October with that Indian summer, great, helps people finish outdoors. Um, and then we'll have like a black market report of $800 pounds for a little bit or something probably. <laughs> so I'm serious, man. There are a lot of people growing the dank, man. There's a lot of outdoor grows. Shout out down Pueblo. I know in that area there's a lot of cats where the weather's a little bit warm longer. Um, and acres and acres of ganja, So which I love. I love. Oh, it's beautiful. All right, guys, well, there's a little bit of abbreviated um, grow talk with Dude and Guru, and uh, we'll see what's up. I think we might be back tomorrow with something. I'm not sure. Uh, be patient this week. Officially, we had uh, you know a lot of stuff going on. Scotty on a little travel plans with the fam, planning this throwdown for Portland. And uh, But you know us. We'll be back consistent shortly. And check everything out at DudeGrows.com. And thanks for hanging, Guru. Peace out. Peace out. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And with the boss man's is to take a little break. That means we're lighting up a dude. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep a good buzz on, on, on. It's just weed. It's just weed. In my toolbox, there's a bone. Some people start their day off with a pill It's what the doctor says to do They shake their heads at natural medicine Go ahead and try something new, new, new It's just weed, it's just weed I like to keep the good vibes on, on, on It's just weed, it's just weed I like to smoke it all day long, yeah Big man, catch you riding high Oh, we gonna lock you in a cage No, if you wonder why he hates the dank Just look at how he's being paid Now, don't lock up me for smoking weed I ain't done nothing wrong, wrong, no 